This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. It's amazing when you see AMI content put out there on other broadcasters. We've been getting a lot of promos and people being made aware of what we're doing over here. And a big, big salute and fedoras off to, of course, AMI+. Plus. Uh, this uh, platform features a slick, modern look, puts AMI original uh, award-winning content right at the forefront. It's fully compatible with accessible technology uh, and Windows, Apple, and Android platforms and devices. Check it out. Visit amiplus.ca. Uh, check it out. Give some opinion. You know, they want to make sure this thing's working well. And uh, any feedback you have is really appreciated. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. When you tune in at this time on Mondays to the show, or if you're listening to a podcast with Kelly and Ramia right now, we like to take the opportunity to uh, get a scoop on things that are going on with the network. Sometimes that's podcasts and sometimes that's TV shows. Today, we're going to head over to our podcast life with Ryan Delahanty. He's our AMI podcast coordinator and uh, talk about some of the newest releases, including low vision moments, because this is a really fun one from the network. So, Ryan, welcome back. And and I want to start with the newest episode of Low Vision Moments. It's called Aging Like Fine Cheese. What is it about? So this is another hilarious episode from Jenny and the team. This one featuring guest Brenda Anderson, a grandmother so wise and popular, she doesn't drive but does need a nine-car driveway. <laughs> and uh, Brenda and Jenny discuss aging like a fine cheese, scratch and sniff money. I could use some of that. And uh, how they learned about nose hair and crow's feet, maybe not in the most flattering fashion. Oh, God, this sounds <laughs> epic. <laughs> know about the nose hair i go to my barbers and i've i'm a big opponent of i want to be able to breathe better put that stuff up there and pull all that out of there it's just one of those things when i learned about it and said ew and as a blind person not really paying a lot of attention to knowing until someone say it's sticking out it's waving at you what oh gross and trying that and then, then the reaction of the people at the barber shop when they pull it out Oh, it's priceless, as I'm sure the ladies <laughs> have their own versions about that. Um, really kind of cool. Um, Ryan, we're going to check out a clip here. You mentioned the crow's feet thing. Let's check out a part where Brenda learned what crow's feet were. Jenny, I have a similar story. I have never known, haven't lost my vision at age eight. I have never known what crow's feet were. Until I, after being divorced for a number of years, went out on a date. And the gentleman I was dating for a very short time upon the first date informed me that I had crow's feet. So the next time I saw my hairdresser, I asked her to explain it to me. And she wanted to know where she could find him <laughs> yes. to straighten him out to inform yes. him that they are sparrow feet, oh, not sparrow crow's feet. feet. That is a much nicer ring. <laughs> so again, I don't see these in my face. I cannot see them. So I had no idea what they were. I hated learning about these things, Ryan, from Evil. darn books, right? You'd hear <laughs> crow's, what is that? Ah, ah, okay. ah. You know, you just have no idea. I do like sparrow's feet, Ryan. 
Yeah, I do like it too, but it's one thing to hear about it from books because you're still not associating it with yourself. You're with just like, yourself. oh, that's a description no. of how it, but somebody telling me to my face? Oh my God. On a first date? I know. Yeah, that's uh, pretty oh. much the one of the bigger first date faux pas you can make, I think. Yeah. Well, they make your face. You look great, though. They add a little <laughs> something. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, folks, you can subscribe to Low Vision Moments on Spotify, Apple Pods, of course, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss all the exciting stuff to come this season. And, Ryan, if I have it right, uh, it, new episodes drop on the last Friday of every month. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move on. You've got another uh, topic for us to get into. This is something, Ryan, you guys did a while ago. Um, and I wonder always when I think about tales uh, from uh, Halifax School for the Blind, when the concept first came, where did your head go? Where did you stop and think, will this fly? I mean, a lot of these people out here have some connection to the the blind school as many of us here in Ontario talk about W Ross McDonald school um can we talk a little bit about what what you guys have decided to do in promoting this Absolutely. So the idea was really a combination of things. I'd met so many former students from the school who had, you know, each of them had dozens and dozens of stories, and a lot of them had quite a fondness for uh, that system that hadn't existed since the early 1980s. And, um, you know, at the time, uh, Crip Camp was a very popular documentary on Netflix, and I saw some parallels there of that sort of summer camp experience with people with disabilities all over the United States sort of gathering there in the community that it uh, that it inspired and had gone to uh, CNIB annual general meeting in Prince Edward Island and there uh, Robert Mercer had just released his book Mrs. Beaton's Question his memoirs about his experience at the school and all the things sort of started uh, coming together and so I was really happy that we were able to produce a season of the podcast and have uh, you know a half dozen or so former students share a bunch of stories and uh, brought Terry Kelly on board as well both being a former student and being a very talented musician uh, incredibly accomplished great storyteller and made a perfect host for the show and so uh, now that I'm a little bit more involved with Podcast Roundup and we've been uh, featuring our various podcasts, we wanted to do something a little bit different and uh, sort of started revisiting the six episode uh, Tales from the Halifax School for the Blind series that was first published in, I think, 2020. Um, and so we started revisiting that a few weeks ago on Podcast Roundup. And every week we've been featuring an episode, bringing some uh, behind the scenes stories in, some things that never made it into the episodes. And so this past weekend, we featured the third episode of the show. And in that one, the new students, at least new back in the 1960s, uh, stories about how they got to know the other kids in their school. Uh, I think, where are you from was the, the big question everybody would ask each other and then they would find out what treats they were getting from home and uh, they were getting their first taste of life outside the school gates in Halifax and exploring the city a little bit as a youngster and then as a special treat we had Robert Mercer who inspired the show in many ways on for a chat uh, to talk about his experience at the school, uh, where life took him after. And he, um, I th think at the age of 30, he was uh, national president for the CNIB, worked for Veterans Affairs Canada for decades. So he's led a pretty amazing life and uh, in his retirement has been uh, writing more and more. And so we had him on for a chat and that was great having our uh, roundup host, Amy Amanti, uh, get to know Robert a little bit uh, and learn a bit more about his book, Mrs. Beaton's Question. Mm. Robert, uh, Robert. Robert, a tremendous baseball fan, and 
I'm curious when you talk about this show, doing what you guys are doing right now, Ryan, with do, going over it again and promote it, does this kind of with the interest that you got when it initially ran and what you guys are doing now, do you think it begs that there should be a conversation about maybe six more episodes? I'd love to. It was uh, a lot of work to to put it all together. And uh, so, you know, I definitely, uh, at the time we were wrapping up season one, was exploring some options to see if I could find somebody who was a natural fit that may be able to sort of take the reins and run with it. Um, I'm a big fan of a Mike Judge animated show, sort of music documentaries called uh, Tales from the Tour Bus. And I could see this working in a similar sort of animated style to bring these stories from decades ago from uh, an environment that doesn't exist anymore to bring that to life with, uh, you know, the styles of the time and the the cars, uh, cars and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to see more. And I know it really resonated especially with the people connected to the school. I heard from a lot of, you know, family members that, oh, dad never told us this story or yes. I never knew this side of my aunt or uncle's <laughs> yeah. life. Uh, and the so tunnels was, you know... and so on under the school, right, for the wartime and everything like that. that oh, yeah. So in. that was definitely, yeah. you know, high praise to, uh, you know, give people a different kind of perspective on their loved ones and to get these stories. And I think there's still, you know, a million to go. And uh, as you'd learned, you know, talking to Laura Bain last week, um, what I think many would consider sort of the legacy of the school, those in-person um, you know, training and the opportunity to meet other kids who might have similar eye conditions, you know, learn from peers, learn from blind educators and staff, um, the uh, short-term in-person programming that uh, APSI, Atlantic Province's Special Education Authority, which is really the new iteration of the school, um, they're ending their in-person programming. And so I know that's been a lot of concern for the um you know the community and it's something where you know i didn't really want it to be academic or you know laundry list of pros and cons of integrated versus segregated education i think you know people understand we side fall on both sides of that um but really wanted just that to be articulated through the personal stories what life was like uh in this unique environment that hasn't existed for you know, 50 years now, um, that uh, I think there's a lot to learn. And just coming of age stories are universal. Mm -hmm. And they've been done so many ways that to get them from a, a different group of people from, you know, being colored by, you know, their vision loss or their experiences doing things a little differently. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, Jean talking about um, they weren't allowed to have a, a record player in their girl's dorm room. So they snuck one in and the only socket was actually attached to a light bulb. So they had to stack these lockers and climb up to attach the uh, record player socket to the light bulb to listen to music and keep that secret. So uh, there was a lot of really, you know, interesting stories that, you know, resonated with me. I would have done the same thing um, that, you know, are, are a bit different than I think what we're used to hearing and, you know, getting the voices of seniors uh, a prominent place and sharing their stories and their history was uh, a big part of it as well. It's just so much nostalgia coming out. You really set it up, the environment, the relatability, the the people from the schools who can just kind of bring out the stories, Ryan. And I think it's really precious, as you're pointing out. I'm so glad that you're revisiting tales in this way. Um, is there anything you want to highlight for the upcoming episode that's coming out this weekend? You mentioned uh, Laura Bain and the convo we had. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to pair the next Tales episode with Laura's conversation to show a little bit about the modern situation and uh, what uh, people that are passionate about the school 
are uh, pursuing now and advocating for. Mm -hmm. So really glad to bring in a little bit of modern context. And then the feature episode this coming weekend is one of my favorites. It's the uh, Valentine's Day episode. So we meet Fred and Gloria Haynes, who share their love story. And that story began at the school uh, when they were both students over 60 years ago and continues to this day. Um, so they've got a really sweet story about how they connected. And then uh, we're joined by a pretty amazing character, uh, Jeannie McAllister, now known as Jean Hill. And she reflects on uh, first crushes, school dances, and the historic day when the fence that had separated the boys' yard from the girls' yard, boys and girls were not allowed to mingle. Um, so she was there the day that fence came down and they were able to fraternize a little bit more than uh, they had historically. Um, so really excited to uh, revisit that episode and uh, share it with everybody. Awesome. Fantastic. This is so cool, Rai. Thank you so much for um, highlighting uh, LVM, Low Vision Moments, and the tales ins and outs right now as we go through it again. And we will chat with you next month. Great. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Ryan Delahunty is our podcast coordinator here at AMI. Him and Amy Amanti run a podcast roundup that comes on AMI-audio. And check out all of your favorite podcasts by going to your favorite podcast platform and searching for the name. Today we highlighted uh, Tales from Halifax as well as Low Vision Moments with Jenny Bovard. It's really interesting when you, um, and I know Ryan would love to do another episode where they bring on Terry Kelly. Um, I've heard them talk of that, and I think that would be really nice. Terry, I've heard him talk and tell stories um, about going to the school and when we first met, uh, and I went to a show of his once, and we, we just laugh about that because, as you know, Ramya, from our having the, the WRS students on, mm. your experience is going to the school. The people that you know have been, there's always the stories, whether it's at Ontario Blind Sports event, somebody always says, but you remember when, or on one of the, the, the uh, email groups or something, people are like, well, do you remember that meal that you hated that was called? They're the things that really fill people's hearts. And mm. I, I think when you go to reunions and stuff, you really notice that. And, and I know sometimes we stop and say, can't live in the past forever. But no, you know but it's what? such now, a temporary stage for people, like going is. to the school. So, of course, you have to highlight it because it's so significant. Yeah, and I think people get silly and say that stuff when you've more recently left. But when you get up here in your late 30s, your 40s, your 70s, whatever it might be, then it's all right to have those ties and go back and kick the, remember the, the stories and anyone sitting there on the edge of their chair loving it and listening mm. and just saying, wow, that's a whole world I know nothing really about and these stories are great some real 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 nice storytelling moments coming up in the next hour of our program on know your rights today danielle mclaughlin is joined by david laposki they're going to be discussing the latest on the ontario disabilities act and what are some recently released devices that might be a good idea for a cool christmas gift we dive into this question on our cniab smart life segment but up next, there are 30-plus Christmas markets and holiday craft fairs in Ottawa. Well, Kim Kilpatrick's got the news for us of what's there and around the region after this on our Community Report. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramya Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.